Hey, Akron. What's poppin', Margo? Well, since you asked, um, so National Mental Health Day passed a couple of weeks ago, October 10th, and I was thinking about how lucky I was to get the help I needed as a young adult to deal with some depression that I was experiencing. At the time, I didn't like really know what was going on, but I knew it wasn't good, and I had the the resources available to me to to get the help that I needed, and I was just feeling grateful. Oh, dude, I'm truly happy that you got the help that you needed. Getting treatment for most folks is already pretty difficult, whether it means jumping through hurdles. I know for me, it was kind of difficult just to book that appointment. I know for Black folks, they're about half as likely to be in treatment for mental health issues. Half? Why do you think that is? It could be a bunch of different things, but off the top of my head, considering my own community, I think it might be a combination of lack of access to adequate health care, as well as the negative stigma that is kind of given to mental health within the Black community. I know my family isn't the best when it comes to acknowledging and or being aware of it. Mm. Well, today's rad scientist was motivated to go into science because of the mental illness of a relative who he lived with as a child. And there was definitely a stigma around the subject in his family, but in a way that made him more curious about it. And that's when I started to like research more and more about it and figured out that there's still a lot of research to be done to figure out like, what's going on within these patients. Dr. Austin Coley studies what is going on in the brain that can lead to symptoms of mental illness. Stay with us because... This is Rad Scientist. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Austin Coley came into science knowing exactly what he wanted to study. I wanted to, like, do something, and I was really, really passionate about, and that was schizophrenia. It was a disease that he grew up witnessing, but wouldn't come to know by name until later. Growing up, we all lived in my grandma's house in Rawway, New Jersey. My uncle, my grandma, my mom, my brother, and you could tell that my uncle was different, to say the least, but it wasn't really discussed at all. So Austin mostly avoided bringing it up until he was older. And then I finally asked my mom about it. (laughs) She told me that she was not comfortable talking about it. But she did tell him that his uncle was experiencing schizophrenia. So he looked into it himself. And that's when I started to like research more and more about it and figured out that there's still a lot of research to be done to figure out what's going on within these patients. From then on, Austin knew that he wanted to help do that research to understand the root causes of this mental illness. And that just like helped carry me (laughs) through my PhD because I felt like I was filling a, a, a real purpose. Austin clung on to that purpose throughout his scientific career. 
because it wasn't exactly an easy experience for him. Yeah, no, it was it was not smooth. <laughs> uh, tons of rocky roads there. So there's there's hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. You're not even just getting you're not even getting to the science part yet. Like when he got a master's, a step that some students take before making the big PhD leap. I was told by a committee that I was not PhD worthy, and this was right around the time when my paper, my first paper, was coming out. They made me feel like I could not become a scientist, that I was not a scientist, just because I did not look like them and I did not talk like them. And the problem is that once someone makes you feel that way, then you start to feel that way. It really discouraged me at that point to even think about uh, PhD. And I ended up going back home to New Jersey. Austin applied for jobs when he got home, in industry, as a lab tech, as a teacher. I got three offers within a two-week period. One of the jobs was as a lab tech at the University of Pennsylvania, and he attributes this experience with giving him the confidence to disregard the voices of his committee members. That's when I decided to apply for, for PhD programs. Austin decided on a neuroscience program at Drexel University in Philly, And he already knew what he wanted to study, schizophrenia. But there are lots of levels that you can study a disease at, from human behavior down to the molecular scale. There was something about how the cells of the brain work that called to him. I love cell physiology. I could not figure out why. I just, I don't know. Maybe I just love, like, molecules and how the cells work. Yes, I could not agree more, Austin. Brain cells are truly magical. The way they can convert chemical signals into electricity that pulses through intricate pathways set up by genetics and development, and the functioning of these cells along with how they're connected with other cells in the brain, it can go awry, causing various disorders. So Austin's focus was on this protein, PSD95, which is involved in helping chemical receptors go to the right places within maturing brain cells. And he was interested in this protein because of what was found in the brains of people who had schizophrenia and had passed away. Within schizophrenic patients, there's a 30% decrease within this, this protein. That reduction was specific to a region in the brain called the prefrontal cortex, right behind your forehead. Oh, the prefrontal cortex is amazing. So it's, it's involved in so much. This is a really important part of our brains. Do you remember the tale of Phineas Gage, the railway foreman who got an iron rod blown through his head and somehow survived? Well, his left frontal lobe, where half of the prefrontal cortex lives, was shredded. And afterwards, it was reported that he had a lot of personality changes and difficulty with impulse control. Now, whether or not the changes were as dramatic as reported, we do know that the prefrontal cortex is very important for planning, sociability, decision-making, attention. 
And that's why it was so intriguing that there would be a change in this PSD95 protein, specifically in this brain region. So what happens when there is less of this protein in the brain? Well, that's what Austin wanted to know. So he tested it in mice. And we had this PSD95 deficient mouse model. These mice acted abnormal. So we ran behavioral tests, working memory tests, and also sociability tests. The mice were really bad at remembering which side of a maze to run to for a treat, even when they were prompted just 40 seconds prior to the test. And they also had dramatic reduction in sociability when interacting with a newer mouse. So they, they had social withdrawal type symptoms. It appeared that without the protein around, mice had changes in behavior that could have some similarity to schizophrenia symptoms. So next, Austin got to do his favorite thing. He got to look at the physiology of the cells in the prefrontal cortex and see how they had changed without this protein around. And what he found is that the cells weren't receiving and sending out as much electricity as before. And that's because there are certain receptors that PSD95 usually helps get situated. And those receptors weren't there. And other less excitable ones had taken their spot. So what Austin had done was taken a phenomenon observed in humans and figured out the changes at the brain cell level that might happen because of it. And of course, the hope is that his findings could one day be translated into some sort of therapeutic. Austin finished his PhD and decided to continue studying schizophrenia as a postdoc in San Diego, at a center where a very famous author also studied. What? He did his postdoc here? This is insane. To find out who, stick around after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Fans of Rad Scientists might also love Story Collider. Story Collider is a weekly podcast centered around true personal stories about science. Every episode features two storytellers, whether they're scientists or doctors, comedians or journalists, sharing stories about how science has affected their lives in some way. I've had my story featured on Story Collider before. It was actually voted a fan favorite in their 10-year anniversary poll this year. Not so humble brag. Um, But some stories that might resonate with our listeners include computational biologist Brandon Ogbunus, in which an interaction with police leads him to reflect on his academic lineage. Or the story of sociologist Rashawn Ray, in which the death of Philando Castile changes the trajectory of his academic career. You can find out more at storycollider.org, or you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. San Diego was a big change from Philly, but Austin embraced it. As soon as he arrived in California, he was determined to learn to surf. The first time I was out there, I was just like super naive and the waves let me know that I was not ready for this. (laughs) Definitely wiping out is not cool. I've not gotten like beat up like that in a while. (laughs) 
Austin says he's not going to give up no matter how many times he gets bested by the waves. And he's doing research at the perfect spot for surfing, right above Black's Beach at the Salk Institute, where you can see wetsuits hanging to dry all around the building. And another fun thing that Austin learned about the Salk when he got there is that one of his heroes was a postdoc there, just like him. My favorite author of all time is, is Michael Crichton. He's the author of many books that turned into movies. One of them was Jurassic Park. Turns out Michael Crichton was a postdoc at the Salk Institute. Look it up. I was like, what? He did his postdoc here? This is insane. In his new lab run by Dr. K. Tai, Austin decided to study a part of schizophrenia that is often neglected. I'm more so focusing on the negative symptoms of schizophrenia, which is also seen in major depressive disorders. And that condition is anhedonia. This is the inability to experience pleasure. And it's often overlooked in schizophrenic patients, which is sad because it's considered a vulnerability marker um, before patients start experiencing psychotic symptoms. Vulnerability marker just means it's something that can alert physicians of an increased risk of developing symptoms. Um, So anhedonia is a vulnerability marker not only for schizophrenia, but also for major depressive disorder. So it's really important to understand why it happens and why it might develop into other disorders, too. So Austin was excited to get started with his new research. He was just getting his project through approvals in March when, well... You know what happened. I mean, the pandemic definitely changed a lot, uh, being at home for three months. Restrictions were put in place for the amount of people allowed in a lab at one time. So he had to put his project on hold for a while. That was tough. It's been very difficult. It's been emotional. And it was already difficult enough during the pandemic And then you see the death of George Floyd everywhere. And then you start to also hear insensitive comments. It made me angry. I was also depressed, anxious, and they came in waves. Austin took to the streets, participating in the caravan car protest that started right by the Salk and went throughout the city. I think the protests are great. I think they made the the biggest difference. These protests force people to not ignore, not ignore us anymore. I think this is a rare time that we'll never forget, but we also have to like make sure that we like keep this same energy going. Austin hopes that this energy will lead to lasting changes in science as well. There needs to be major culture changes. One thing that Austin thinks will help change academic culture is diversity training. This needs to be mandatory because a lot of people, especially in the academic field, don't care about racial issues and they're going to continue to be ignorant. Another positive step institutions can take, Austin says, is to hire more Black professors. Seeing other Black professors, that definitely it makes a huge impact. The problem is 
there's not that many. It sort of perpetuates the stereotype of the, the great white professor. This lack of representation is a big motivator for Austin to stay in academia. One of the major reasons why I'm still continuing this process is to become a professor and show other students of color, more so um, African-Americans, that they can do this. And Austin knows that it won't be easy, that there will be more hurdles along his path to professor. You will run into certain faculty members or even colleagues who don't want you to succeed. They don't want you to be that beacon. They don't want you to be that model. Austin is still paddling out into the rough waves of the Pacific, trying to learn how to surf. And in the same way, he refuses to be discouraged by the rough seas of academia. And he wants to help others navigate it, too. There is a need for more young Black scientists because there are plenty of us who are capable. But they need the encouragement, they need the nourishment, and they can be just as successful. This is my mission, not just to try to cure depression or schizophrenia, but also to try to make more Black scientists. Here are the words you need to know today with Ikran Ibrahim. Today's words are imposter syndrome. It's when you don't feel like you belong where you are. Like somehow, people might find out that you aren't smart enough, aren't good enough to be in your position. A lot of people experience this at some point in their life, but microaggressions and a lack of representation can make this harder on marginalized groups. Thanks for that, Ikran. Rad Scientist is produced and written by me, Margot Wall. The assistant producer is Ikran Ibrahim, and Elisa Barba is the editor. Our theme guitar riff is by Grant Fisher, logo by Kyle Fisher, no relation. At KPBS, Emily Jankowski is technical director. Kinsey Moreland is podcast coordinator. Lisa Jane Morissette is operations manager. And John Decker is director of programming. Additional music by Daniel Birch, Ketza, and Poddington Bear. This show is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Local Content Fund. On the next episode of Rad Scientist, you'll meet Dr. Gentry Patrick, a man with two first names. So as I pondered what I might say to you all today, it occurred to me that I might simply speak to myself as a freshman in 1988 who had recently left home to attend college and embark on a lifelong journey, a journey of the unknown, full of fear and hope, a journey that would be my story, a story worth telling, and a power within. Until next time, stay rad. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.